Well, amen. Let's get us a songbook. Let's turn in our songbook to number 495. Let's stand together. 495. Brethren, we have met to worship. Okay. 
and he he got there this morning. Am I right? Last night. Right. I'm praying praying for her too. Amen. Uh, Miss Nell, y'all remember to pray for Miss Nell. I went by and seen her yesterday, and she's in good spirits. She's up and she's up paying bills when I got there. But uh, she said she said my legs just as just dead as it can be. She can't feel anything in it. So. We're just praying that those nerves get to regenerate and she gets her feeling back. But other than that, she's in real good spirits. But she said she didn't understand. They did some different procedure with her than they'd done in the past. They did an epidural. Uh, and, and, again, she's just having problems getting her feeling back. So pray that that happens and she's able to get back in here fairly soon. Um, yes. Yes, we need to remember Charlotte in prayer. Uh, she's still... She's got a bone spur, I think is what she told me, uh, from when she had, I guess she broke it before. Was that the story? But anyway, so she can't walk on it right now. Pray for her. She gets feeling better and get back get back here soon. Any Yes, and my hand as well, yes. Y'all please pray for her. She's she's at death's door. She needs, she needs prayer. Yes, Taylor. Who is that? Hannah. Okay. All right. And Phyllis, that's right. Anybody else? Anything else before we go to the Lord? Huh? And Taylor. Okay. That's right. All right. Anything else before we go to the Lord in prayer? Y'all pray for the service this morning. Y'all pray for me this morning. I want to I want to honor the Lord this morning, so y'all please pray for me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. You can be seated. And the world 
lost in sin can now be holy free by the blood that stained the old rugged cross. Was his blood, his precious blood, that stained the old rugged cross. Was his love that paid the awful cost. Oh, so, so far astray, come and plunge today. In the blood that stained the old rugged cross. Amen. Praise God. Turn to 165. 165. Faith of our fathers. Faith of our fathers living still. In spite of dungeon fire and sword, oh, how our hearts beat high with joy whenever we hear that glorious word. Faith of our fathers, oh, holy faith, we will be true to thee. Our fathers chained and prison dark were still in heart and conscience free. How sweet would be their children's way if they like them could die for thee. Faith of our fathers, holy faith, we will be true to thee till death. Faith of our fathers, we still strive to win all nations unto thee, and through the truth that comes from God, mankind shall then indeed be free. Faith of our fathers, holy faith, we will be true to thee till death. Faith of our fathers, we will love friend and foe in all our strife, and briefly to as love knows how, by kindly words and virtuous life, faith of our fathers, holy faith, we will be true to thee till day. Turn over to 361. 361. Boy, it's a short song service. That's all right. I got a good sermon, a good long one for you. Walking in sunlight all of my journey Over the mountains, through the deep vale Jesus has said, I'll never forsake thee Promise divine that Never can fail. Heavenly sunlight, heavenly sunlight, flooding my soul 
Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say that every one of you, uh, let me read that again. Now this I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in mine own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, power of God. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word this morning. Let's go to him in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning and we're thankful, Lord, to be able to come into your house and worship you freely today. Lord, in a, in a country that still has freedoms, Father, we're thankful for those freedoms. And Lord, we pray you maintain those freedoms in our country today, Father, that we can continue to worship freely. Father God, we pray, Lord, for our nation this morning that she's in trouble, Lord. We pray, Father, for men, godly men, to, to rise up and to take the reins of government locally, Lord, that we might be able to change this country for the better, Lord, but let it begin in your house. As the Bible says, the judgment must begin first at the house of God. Father, we ask you, please, to work in our hearts and change us. Make us into what you'd have us to be, the kind of people you'd have us to be down here, Lord, and help us to affect our communities for you. Help us to affect our families, our neighbors, and our and our communities, Lord, for Christ. Lord, I pray this morning you give me clarity of speech, clarity of mind. Help me to communicate these truths that nobody be confused, but that all come to the same mind and same agreement. Father, I pray now for Holy Ghost power, unction, Lord, from above. Lord, I can't do a thing without you. I put myself in your hands. And I trust that you're going to take control of me and use me for your glory. Speak to saint and sinner alike. Touch every life under the sound of my voice. And I'll pray now in Jesus' name and for his sake, for his honor and glory. Amen. Praise God. It's good to have you here this morning. Amen. And uh, and you, you, you pay close attention. I don't want anybody to get confused this morning. But we're going to talk about some serious things. Of course, anything we get into the Bible is serious. But these, these are serious because we're going to talk about how the devil confuses people and, and how God straightens it out, basically. But uh, but verse 9 there, it, if we begin there, it says God is faithful. That's one thing you can count on. You can set your watch by that, amen? God's faithful. He's not going to ever be unfaithful. And the Bible said God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ our Lord. Last week we talked about how we're called. We're called unto holiness. We're called unto fellowship. All those different things we're called unto. But this morning we're talking about being called, that Christ is calling his church 
under fellowship. There's a reason why this is this is what we're talking about this morning, because of what we're dealing with are divisions within the church. The church is Paul's already he's heard that the church is starting to break apart. That people are arguing with each other. People can't get along. People got different opinions. People think their opinions are better than what Paul said. Uh, and they think that the word of God is is not as important as their opinion. There's a lot of people out there like that. You'll meet them all over the place. They think what they think is more important than what God's Word said, but they're wrong as they can be. God's Word is always right. Amen? Amen. All right. It was strong as I hoped it was, but amen. Amen. Uh, All right. But anyway, Christ calls his church to fellowship. So let's 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 get into that right quick. Let's 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 look at that because I got a good ways to go. And and Robert, I started at fifteen after, so we're in good shape. All right. Fellowship, fellowship with. What does he call us to fellowship with? Well, verse nine tells us right there, plain and simple, that he's called us to fellowship with Jesus Christ. Amen. We better be fellowshipping with Jesus Christ. I hope this morning when you got up, you fellowship with Jesus Christ. I hope you didn't wait to get to church to do that. You can do that soon before your feet ever hit the floor. Just bury your head right there while you're laying on your pillow and say, Father, thank you. Lord Jesus, thank you for, uh, for, for the fact that I'm saved. Thank you, Father, for waking me up. Lord, I love you. Spend some time talking to the, to, talking to the, to the Lord this morning if you had not already done that. You're the fellowship. That's why we come to church. We come to church to fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Uh, the second thing that we, that we see that God called us unto fellowship with Turn to Philippians 1.5. I'm not going to give you a lot of time to find these, but if you want to turn over there, you're welcome to. Philippians 1.5, he tells us that we're to fellowship in the gospel. Amen? We, it's like, why, why, how does that mean with fellowship in the gospel? Well, I got saved by believing that Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, shed his blood for me, was buried, and rose from it three days later, and paid for my salvation. Amen? Is that how you got saved? We got something to fellowship about, don't we? We we got saved the same way. Hallelujah. Amen. Philippians one five says, For your fellowship in the gospel from this day unto now. We have a fellowship there, praise God. We have something to to, to get together and talk about and, and, and brag on the Lord and, and lift up his name and give him glory for saving our souls, even though we didn't deserve it. Hallelujah. He did it even though we didn't deserve it. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. He didn't. We don't have to clean up to come to him. He he cleans us up. Praise God. So we have fellowship with him. We have fellowship with the gospel. <clears throat> what else do we fellowship in? Philippians. You're, since you're in that book already, turn over to verse, uh, chapter three and verse ten. Chapter three and verse ten. The Bible tells us that we have fellowship in suffering. Fellowship in suffering. Philippians three ten says that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. So, preacher, I'm I'm having some difficulty in my life since I got saved. Yeah, well, you're going to have difficulty in your life since you got saved because the devil don't like you. You're not his friend. Matter of fact, he hates your guts. He wishes you were dead. And if he could kill you, he would. Why? Because you're a child of God. You've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. You've been made white as snow. You're the enemy. You're the sworn mortal, uh, immortal uh, enemy of the devil. Amen? And so he's going to cause you grief, and the Bible tells us that. The Bible tells us, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's a promise. And why is it that we suffer persecution? 
because we are identified with Jesus, and they hated Jesus, and they crucified him. If they crucified him, they're not going to pat us on top of the head. They're going to hate us too, amen? And I know somebody said, well, I didn't know I didn't sign up for all this persecution. Well, you're going to get it if you're a believer. You're going to have to go through it if you, if you listen. Let me just say this real quick, and, and, and I'm just going to say it and get it like ripping a Band-Aid off. If you never had any persecution at all for your faith, nobody's ever give you any trouble at all, you've never had any persecution for your faith, you're probably not living godly enough for anybody to notice. Okay? Let's let that sink in. Amen? Don't get mad at me. Don't shoot the messenger. Amen? I'm just the messenger. That's all. I'm not the editor. I'm only the paper boy. Okay? So don't get mad at me. Amen? But that's the truth. We're not living godly enough for, for the devil to even get riled up about us if we not had any trouble in our life. Or you might ought to check and make sure you got saved. But but we're to fellowship in those sufferings. That's one thing that draws us together is that we're all dealing with the same enemy. All right? Well, what else are we to fellowship in? Well, the Bible tells us that we're to fellowship in the mysteries. You say, what mysteries? Like uh, Agatha Christie and the Hardy Boys and stuff like that? No, I ain't talking about none of that. The mysteries, these are things that weren't revealed to the prophets in the Old Testament. They couldn't see these things. They didn't understand. You know, the church, back, if you'd talk, if you'd talk to uh, if you'd talk to Isaiah about the church, he'd look at you like, like a cat looking at a new gate. He, he didn't know what the church was. You talk to, to Jeremiah, he wouldn't have had no clue what you were talking about. The church, what church? See, the church was something. The church was something that they couldn't see. Ephesians three nine says, "Look here, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ." So, yeah, back in the beginning, back when Adam and Eve were walking through the garden, getting a view of everything that God had just made, God already knew that there was going to be a church. God already knew that Jesus was going to die. Amen. He's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So if God, God in his foreknowledge, he knew all these things were going to take place. And he hid the church because all these things had to take place. The Jews had to reject Jesus, and then the church came about. <clears throat> but, again... Mysteries, we're talking again, we're talking about these mysteries being the church, the blending of both Jew and Gentile into one body of Christ. That's a mystery that they knew nothing about. First Corinthians twelve thirteen says, For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. So that's a mystery that they did not understand back before uh the Apostle Paul uh, preached on these things and taught these things that Jesus taught him. So we're to fellowship in these mysteries. And, you know, when we get together, we're, we're to talk about how good it is that God, hey, listen, he didn't, he didn't just have salvation given to the Jews. Praise God, he saved us too. Hallelujah. We're to fellowship in those things and rejoice in the doctrine of the Lord's Jesus Church. Amen. <clears throat> what else are we to fellowship in? We're to fellowship in ministering. Ministering. 2 Corinthians 8, 4, Paul said, Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of ministering to the saints. I said this last week. Every one of us has some talent that God has given us. We may not even have discovered it yet. We might not have a clue 
as to what God uh, wants us to do because we've never went to him and asked him, God, what would you have me to do for you? But there's something that you can do that nobody else can do just like you, and God has got you designed to do something to give him glory with his life. Every one of us is to minister. You don't have to get behind this pulpit to minister. You don't have to have a classroom assigned to you to minister. You Listen, God doesn't have to call you to some foreign country for you to minister. You don't have to be called as an evangelist. Listen, every believer has a testimony of Jesus Christ in them, and every believer is to use that testimony to give glory to the Son of God who died for sinners. We are to we are to promote people getting saved. We are to minister. The Bible tells us in Philippians 2-3, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. But here's how we're to minister. In lowliness of mind. Lowliness of mind. That means I'm not nobody. I'm not anybody important. In lowliness of mind, let us let each of us esteem the other better than themselves. I, I've done that a couple times in here. I told you stand up when you're standing singing and you know, shaking hands. Turn around and shake somebody's hand and tell them, you're better than I am. That's humbling. When you have to look at somebody and go, you're better than I am. They go, no, you're better than I am. You know, that's humbling. But but And, and that's a picture of what we're trying to express. That's just, that's just words. But when you literally treat people as though they're better than you are. Years ago, long, long time ago, I pastored out at Lane's Chapel. First place I ever pastored. I was interim out there for nine months. And I remember when we first got there, they gave us a pounding. Anybody ever know what a pounding is? Some of you do. How many of y'all know what a pounding is? Some of y'all think they beat the tar out of us. Uh, it, it's, it's an old expression. It means a pound of this, a pound of that. And the church, we were a young family, didn't have a whole lot, and they gave us a pound, and that means they gave us groceries. They bought us toilet paper and paper towels and beans and rice and cornmeal and flour and things, things you need to live and eat on. You know, and, and, and when people, sometimes people will do that. They'll buy, they'll know somebody's struggling, and they'll go to the grocery store and buy them a sack of groceries and take leave it on the doorstep, ring the doorbell, and drive away. You know, that's ministering. It ain't just reading the Bible to somebody. It's helping somebody in their need, and we're all to take place, and we're all to do it. I'll give you, some, I'll give you a couple things here. Let, listen to this. How many of y'all ever, ever ever participated in foot washing? Anybody here? That's awkward, isn't it? That, I, I'm telling you, I've never, been, I've never participated in it, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know that I want to. Listen, I don't want nobody to take my stinky sock off and, and take a pan of water and sit there and wash between my grubby toes. And, and any man in here got any sense, don't want nobody doing that to him either. Amen. Right? Hey, nothing about my feet I don't want anybody to mess with. I just say nobody here ever seen my feet. Okay? But the Bible, Jesus got down on his knees the night of the Lord's Supper, and he washed his disciples' feet. Now, the reason foot washing was such, such a prevalent thing in the Old Testament because people walk around in sandals. Their feet got dirty. And when they came into somebody's house, customary to take the sandals off, and you got dirty feet. You don't walk around somebody's house with dirty, grubby feet, so, you know, you have water there to wash your feet with. But it's humbling to get down on your knees and wash somebody's feet. But that was something that was practiced in the, in the, in the early New Testament. And, 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 again, it's not an ordinance in the church, so we don't have to do it. But that, that shows us humility. 
and it teaches us to get that uh, to, to humble ourselves. Holy kissing is something else they did back then. Now I, I don't think we need to go around doing this, but that's what they would do is they would greet one another, come up, and they go on one side and go on the other side. You're not literally kissing anybody, bumping cheeks and kissing. Y'all seen uh, French people and European folks do that, but I, I, that could get out of hand in a hurry, especially in a carnal society. So I don't recommend we do either one of those things. But what I'm trying to say is those things put us in a, a humble situation, and that's 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 what ministering is all about. It's about you not being all high and mighty and thinking you got you're you're the bee's knees or whatever. You're you're the picture of what. Ministry is supposed to look like a picture of what a Christian life is all about. No, Christian life is all about serving others. It's not about being important. It's about serving others and, and lowering yourself in order to serve others. And we're to, we're, to, we're to fellowship in that. The next thing I want to hit before I get on into this message is holiness. Uh, we're, to, we're to fellowship in holiness. Uh, Ephesians 5.11, it's a reprimand. It says to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So things that we know that, that, that are not things, uh, things that are not going to help us in this Christian life, things that are going to hurt us in this Christian life, we're to reprove or to, to sharply rebuke those things. We're, we're to speak out against those things and not take place in them. So uh, God has called us to stay away from, from the, things, the carnal things of this world and to draw near to him, and we're to fellowship because we all have that same calling to be drawn to God and drawn into holiness. So all of these things we have to fellowship in. And Paul's given us those, uh, he's given us those things for a reason. He's called us to fellowship in the Lord Jesus Christ. All of those things I mentioned are fellowshipping in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 10. Uh, like I said, we got, we got, we're going to dig deep into this, so I, want, I need your full attention. He said, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all, look here, speak the same thing that there be no divisions among you, and that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Paul is basically saying if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, then you'll agree with this, okay? He speaks the same thing, have the, have the same mind, okay? And that's, that's what God designed for his church to do. We're not to all have our own opinion of how, how this book reads. I just, well, I, I know what it, I heard people say, I know what it says, but I just think this, or I just, I just feel like that. Well, that's not up to you to do that. You don't have that room, that wiggle room to feel or think what you want to feel or think about the Word of God. Because he says we're all speak the same thing, have the same mind, have the same judgment. So why is he saying that? Why is he saying those things? Well, he heard they were fighting amongst themselves. They were arguing. They weren't getting along. Uh, in, in, in chapter 3 and verse 1, he makes this statement. He said, and, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. I couldn't even talk to you in a spirit about spiritual things. He said, but as unto carnal. I had to talk to you like you were lost people, like you weren't even saved. He said, even as, or even as unto babes in Christ, babies that don't know anything, like you just started over today. You don't even know what's going on. Uh, why did he say that? Well, two verses later he says, for ye are yet carnal. You're of the flesh. For where is there is among you envying. Y'all are jealous of each other. And strife. Y'all are fighting with each other. And divisions. Y'all can't get along with each other. Are you not carnal? 
and walk as men. Y'all are not walking like the children of God. You're not living like God's children should live. You're living like a bunch of lost men. Romans twelve sixteen. he makes this statement. He says, be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceit. Don't think in your mind you're something you're not. Big shots and know-it-alls are not beneficial to fellowship. I don't know of anybody who's sitting at a table talking to some other brothers in Christ and some big shot that thinks he knows everything about the Bible comes and walks down in the middle of it. They go, oh, thank goodness you're here. No, it's like, oh, no. we got to listen to this windbag go on for a half hour about everything he knows more than everybody else. I've always dreaded that. Anytime I go to one of these big meetings somewhere or eat and gather around Somebody got to sit down and try to school everybody on on this one weird doctrine they've come up with that nobody else has seen to found in the Bible. Uh, but you know, again, there's not room for that in the family of God. God wants us to all get along. God wants us to all fit. And the only way we can get along is if we all have the same mind. And the mind is the mind of Christ. The Bible says, "Let this be mind be in you, which was in, which was also in Christ Jesus." So again, we should all be of the same mind. We should all be humble. We should all believe the same thing. And if we're all going to believe the same thing, you know what? We'll have to believe what Jesus showed Paul to give to the church. 2 Timothy 2.15, the Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing. The word of Philippians 2, 2, Paul said, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. See, God's not about diversity. This world's about diversity. That's all you hear anymore is diversity, diversity, diversity. Well, God ain't about diversity. God's about conformity. He doesn't want his children to all believe different things. Because, God, listen, if they all believe different things, they don't believe him. God wants us to all believe the same thing because that's what he said. Amen? Philippians 3.16, Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Philippians 4.2, I beseech Yodius and I beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. 1 Peter 4.1, for as much as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise, same mind. Romans 15.5 and 6, now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if we're all going to have the same mind, and if we're all going to speak the same thing, then we're all going to have to have the same doctrine. Amen? We're all going to have to get our get our stuff from the same source, right? As the Lord's church, we're going to have to get our doctrine from the Apostle Paul and the things that Christ revealed unto him to give to us. Now, let me, let me, let me read here. Romans sixteen seventeen, he said, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. He said, now, don't 
don't be hooking up and yoking up with people that are causing splits and divisions in the churches. Ephesians 4.14, he said, there, that we henceforth from this point forward be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness by, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Why is he saying that? Because there are going to be people trying to deceive you and lead you astray. And the devil will use anybody who will let him use them to deceive someone else. Paul warns in 1 Timothy 4.16 to take heed unto thyself and also unto the doctrine. Continue in them, he says. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. 1 Timothy 5.17, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Why, why, why does he keep mentioning doctrine and, 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 and all these? Because it's important that we all learn and know the same thing. And it worries me because I, I fear that a lot of believers, they really don't even know where to turn for doctrine in the Bible. You're not sure where to go with it. But the Bible, is, is it's imperative. It's so important that we learn the doctrine, the truth, the teachings of Jesus Christ that he gave to the Lord's church. And he did that. He gave it to the Apostle Paul. 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 4, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season. He's talking about giving them doctrine. What does he tell them to do? He says reprove. That means scold them if they're wrong. Scold them. He says rebuke. That's sharp criticism. He says exhort. That means to urge with all long-suffering and doctrine. Now listen to what he's saying here. This is how important doctrine is, that if we're off, off on our doctrine, we're, we're not to be allowed to just run with our with our error. No, somebody's supposed to say, hey, wait a minute. That's wrong. You better quit that right there. Here's what the Bible says. If somebody, again, they're, they're, if they continue on with it, we're to, we're to give them a sharp criticism for, for continuing on believing the wrong thing because it's against what the Bible says, and we're to urge people to continue in the Word of God, to read it, to study it. And he says do it with all long-suffering. That means don't back up, don't quit for anything. I don't care if everybody gets tired of hearing you preach that way. He says keep doing it with long-suffering and doctrine. Keep preaching the truth. Why does he say for the preacher to keep doing this? He says for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And I preached last Sunday night that that time has come. It really has. The time will come. They won't endure it. They won't listen to it. But after their own lust, in other words, according to their own opinion, their own feelings, they shall heap to themselves piles and piles of teachers having itching ears. In other words, tell me what I want to hear. Tell me the things that I want to hear that make me feel good about me. And and, and there's plenty of them. I don't know if you all have noticed. There's plenty of teachers like that. I could let Santa for name them if you'd like. But you all know Osteen. He's on the list. C.D. Jakes is on the list. I, I, I mean, I could just—I could go all day. There's no point in me doing that, though. But truly, people's ears, like the Bible says, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Those are lies. Those are made-up stories. And, and that happens, folks, because there are people all over the, the country who believe that you can go to heaven by something other than the blood of Jesus Christ. They believe that, that by getting in this baptistry, they can get their sins washed away and they can go to heaven. But that's not true. That, 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 
Clarksville water is not even fit to drink hardly. I sure don't think it's going to wash sins away. Amen? Let's be honest. Amen? I don't want a mouthful of it. Amen? It don't taste good to me. But I, and I, and the most city water, if you really get it up and hold it up in the light, you can see toilet paper floating in it. There's, it's not clear. It's not clean. Amen? They try to get it all clean, but they can't get it perfectly clean. It ain't pure. They ain't never had any cleansing power to take sins away to begin with, and I'm already getting off on that, and I don't need to do that yet. But anyway, let's let's keep going. Titus 1.9, he says to us to hold fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he might be able by sound doctrine. If you don't know what the Bible teaches, you can't by sound doctrine exhort and convince the gainsayers. You can't speak against those who are speaking the wrong thing if you don't even know what the Bible teaches. Paul said in Titus 2.1, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Now, verse 11, for it hath been declared of me, unto me of you. They told me, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. So somebody at Chloe who went to, who went to the church there at Corinth had told Paul, sent word to him, there's fighting going on down here, Paul. So what are they fighting about? Well, it's in verse 12. You see it in verse 12. Now this I say that every one of you say it. I of Cephas and I of Christ. So this church had divided into four factions. There was four factions, and you may not understand what it means when he says, I of Apollos, I'm of, I'm of Paul, and I'm of Cephas, and I'm of Christ, but I'm going to explain it to you. In Acts chapter 18, if you'll turn over there with me, you'll see a little, I want you to turn over so you can get this, Acts 18, 23 through 28. We're going to read about old Apollos and find out some things about him. Acts 18, 23 through 28. The Bible said, and after he had spent some time there, he departed, and went over all the country of Galatia and Phrygia in order, in order, strengthening all the disciples. This is Paul. And it says, And a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, uh, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. And this man was instructed in the way of the Lord. Being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Now, What's the problem there? What's the problem with Apollos? Apollos is teaching people. He's speaking and, and teaching, fervent in the spirit. He's very animated. He's very passionate about what he's doing. It says he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord. But notice it says he knew only the baptism of John. Now, what did John do? What did John say? What is, he, what is Apollos teaching? The Bible tells us in Matthew 3, 1 and 2, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he was baptized. So that's the only thing that Apollos knew, to preach, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and baptize people. And, and, and that's all he knew to do. But he was, he, was, he, was, he was red hot passionate about doing it, because evidently he didn't understand that salvation was in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he died and all those things. Listen, so... The Bible says in verse 26 there, in, the, in, the, in, the Acts, in the Acts 18 we were reading, that he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. So he got up to the synagogue and he's, he's, he's preaching that. And when Aquila and Priscilla, who were Paul's companions there in Corinth, when they heard that, they took him unto them. So they pulled Apollos to the side 
and they expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. So what did they do? They took him aside and they taught him the rest of the story. They taught him the gospel message, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And once he heard the rest of the story, he believed, he got saved, and he became a useful minister to the Lord at that point. But up until that time, he'd been preaching the wrong message. Okay? And you had people that were, were saying, oh, well, we follow Apollos. We, we like the way Paul, Apollos put it, which was wrong. All right? So the rest of that passage, well, I don't have to read that anyway. But he went, it, it talks about how he went boldly teaching the right way after that. So now he's of the same mind. Now he's speaking the same thing, but before he was not. Now you got Peter. Peter's mentioned there. Cephas. Cephas, you know, Simon. Peter's got a bunch of names. Simon, Peter, Cephas. What else? There's another one. Huh? Yeah, Simon Barjona. Right. But anyway, so so Peter, you know the Catholic Church the Catholic Church thinks that Peter was the first first pope. So they, they got they got this false teaching that Peter was a was the first pope, but Peter never went to Rome. Peter went to Babylon. Peter never went to Rome. But but anyway, so you got crazy thoughts about him there. Uh you got the Church of Christ, they looked to Peter and, and the water baptism for salvation. You see, they they take they, they, they stop right about here. They don't, they don't get, church Christ don't get on into the church age. They, don't, they, they basically reject a lot of what Paul had to say, and they follow after Peter. You know, you got the Seventh-day Adventists, and they, they follow the law. They follow Moses. And again, you got, you got the Pentecostals, and the Pentecostals, what do they do? They park right here in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, and they, they believe in and speaking in tongues for salvation. But you know you know what you're doing? You're stopping short of church doctrine. Because it's not that you get the Romans through Philippians that you get what Paul taught by the Lord Jesus Christ. So and and the what do the Pentecostals teach? They teach that you must believe in Jesus, but that you also must do works alongside that in order to be saved. And they also teach you can lose your salvation. The Church of Christ teach you can lose your salvation, but they teach that it comes through the water and the baptistry. And none of that lines up with what the Apostle Paul taught on salvation. So there's there's divisions today. Somebody said, why are there so many denominations? It's because people don't want to believe the Bible, or they don't understand the Bible, or they want to cut, cut the Bible up to suit themselves. Or, you know, you got people that say, well, I just read the Old Testament. I, I, or some people say, well, I just read the New Testament. I just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, let me tell you, you can read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you can find the gospel in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but you won't find church doctrine in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So there, there's a reason why we're to go to Paul. Again, Paul said, by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works. So it's not a baptism. It's not of a law. It's, it's, it's of grace, by grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. People would brag if, they were, if their works got them there. But again, I want to emphasize that Paul is our apostle today. Listen, I want to, I'm going to, I want to show you from the Bible. 1 Corinthians 4.16, here's what Paul says. Wherefore, I beseech you, be ye followers of me. Okay? He says it plain and simple. Then in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, he says, be ye followers of me, even as I am of Christ. 
You follow me as I follow Christ. That's what he's saying. Matthew 15, 22 through 24. Bible, that's the story of where the woman came to him and talking about the crumbs falling from the master's table. It says, this is a different, a different gospel, but it says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thy son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. She's a Gentile. That's what I want to point out to you. She's a woman of Canaan. And he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. And he answered. Now, this is what Jesus said. Jesus answered her and said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus Christ did not come to establish the church when he came. He came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. When he died on the cross and they rejected Jesus Christ, then the gospel came to the Gentiles. Jesus Christ came to the Jews. Some people say, well, I only read the words in red. Well, you're going to make a mistake if you do that. You're going to miss out on a lot of Bible. Listen, again, our, our, our gospel comes through Paul. That's the, that's the way the Bible intended it. That's the way Christ intended it. Again, I don't want you to get mixed up on what I'm saying here. I'm not saying we're to worship Paul. Heavens, no. But God gave us, the church, our doctrine through the Apostle Paul, and we're to honor and, 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 to, and to follow that. So what, is, so what does he mean exactly, as I also am of Christ? What, what does he mean that, by that? Galatians 1, 11 through 17, listen, he said, I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after men. It's not, it's not after man. He said, listen, don't worry. I'm not giving you something that some other man gave me. He said, I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus revealed these things to me. He said, for you have heard of my conversation in times past in the Jews' religion, how that I beyond measure, I persecuted the church of God and wasted it and profited in the Jews' religion above many of my equals in my own nation, being more exceeding zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen. That's us. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Jesus taught him. He was down in the Arabian desert for three years. Jesus taught him those things while he was there. <laughs> Philippians three seventeen. Again, brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example he said listen just watch us listen to what we're doing and and i'm giving you the truth i'm laying it out for you second thessalonians 3 7 for yourselves know how ye ought to follow us for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you and one last one there second thessalonians 3 9 not because we have not power but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. I think Paul's made it clear. We're to follow him. And again, if you're following Jesus today, you have to follow him through the writings of the Apostle Paul. That's that's the doctrine of the church. And likewise, if you're following Paul, you're following Jesus. Again, the, the books that he wrote to us are from Romans to Philippians. That's where we're to get our doctrine from the church. We're not to get our doctrine for the church from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
We're not to get it from James. We're not to get it from, from, from the book of Revelation. Listen to me, we're to get it from Romans to Philippians because that's the church epistles. Some people try to omit the Apostle Paul and follow the only four Gospels. But again, it's error because it's, we're not the children of Israel. Are we, are we supposed to pluck our eyes out? Are we supposed to sell all our goods, the commandments to be saved? Come on, y'all know better. We're not. But Jesus said all those things to the Jews in showing them that he was the Messiah. But those are not messages on how to get saved. Amen? So, salvation is by grace through faith and nothing else. Bible tells us in Galatians 2.16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Those who claim to follow Jesus only by reading the Gospels or even only the words in red, they, again, they miss out on all that doctrine for the New Testament church. And, they, and they're, they're messed up. And there's no way that we can see eye to eye. Do you understand? Somebody who, 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 who ignores Paul and says, I don't want any of that. Any of those books of Paul, he was a lunatic. Or weird. And there's a lot of people like that. There's people who call themselves Messianic Christians, and they ignore Paul. They throw Paul out. Matter of fact, most of them throw Jesus out, too, and take Moses over Jesus. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people who have a lot of... I, I know brother really shaking your head, and I don't know how they could either, but they do it. They absolutely do it. And, 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 and we can't see eye to eye on things. We can't fellowship. There's no way that we... There, there are divisions there because, again, salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. It's not through anything else. Listen, baptism don't save somebody. Uh, and, and again, let's, let's look here. We're almost done with this thing. Let's look here in verse 13. Paul says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Of course Paul wasn't crucified for me. Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Absolutely not. Uh, look at what Paul says in verse 14. Boy, this will choke the church of Christ all to death. I thank God I'll baptize none of you. Only, but Christmas and Gaius are the only two that Paul said he baptized. And then he, then he thought about it a minute, and he said here in the next couple of verses, he said, he said, lest any should say that I baptized in my own name. I hate to think somebody said I was out there baptizing people in the name of Paul the Apostle. He said, that's ridiculous. <clears throat> he said, I baptized also the household of Cephas. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. Look at verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize. Did you know Jesus didn't baptize anybody? Now, let me say this. I'm a Baptist preacher. I believe in baptizing people. And I, and I believe in baptism is an ordinance of the church. And baptism is not salvation. Baptism is a testimony of salvation. It's you testifying publicly because there'd be a people in the room and you stand in this baptistry and I stand behind you and I say, all right, get your hand ready. Are you ready to hold your nose? We're going to dunk you under. I say, and I, are you, you know, we trusted Christ? Yes. On your profession of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Upon your profession of faith, you have professed the Lord Jesus Christ. I now baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, buried together with him in the likeness of his death. So we're picturing his death, burial, and his resurrection. We are picturing a public testimony that I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus 
resurrection of Jesus Christ, we're saying out loud or saying with a visual representation to those present that that has already taken place inside of us. It is a testimony. Amen. It does not save anybody. It's a public testimony of the death, burial, and resurrection. And it, it is ex- it's extremely easy. Let me say this. I went to I went to Vacuum Cleaner Salesman University. I went to Longview Baptist Temple, uh, their Bible college, and it was it was a uh, hurry up and rush people through a quick prayer and get their name wrote down so we can get them baptized on Sunday. And and I I'm, I'm telling you I'm not I'm not trying to be too harsh when I say this, but the, but the emphasis on the Holy Spirit doing the work was not there, and that was wrong. But I but but I can't go back change none of that. I'm just here to say. It's extremely easy to talk somebody or push somebody or pressure somebody into praying a prayer. I have personally witnessed hundreds of people come for baptism who had no clue what they were doing. I personally witnessed people rounding up kids who had no clue other than the fact they were going to get wet as to why they were there and dumped them. And they they weren't more saved than, than a dog was. It's, it, empty words don't save anybody. It's not that, those things will not save. Listen, the Bible tells us Romans ten nine that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So it's it's believing in your heart that does it. And when you believe it in your heart, you'll confess it out of your mouth. It's not about it's not about it's not about baptism. It's not about anything other than what Jesus has done, and that's what Paul's trying to bring us around to. It's all about what Jesus has done. It's not about it's not about the work of the law. It's, it's, listen, it's not about water baptism. It, it's not about something else. It's about it's about you believing what Jesus has taught us through the doctrine that He gave to us today for us today, and He brings it back around. In verse 18, he says, For the preaching of the cross is unto them that perish foolishness. Again, you can ignore anything you want to ignore, and you can have your feelings, you can have your thoughts, you can think it's, you can think it's through getting baptized, you can think it's through church membership, you can think it's through, it's through uh, uh, getting, getting the holy shivers and falling down, your dress going over your head, rolling around barking like a dog. You can think it's all kinds of things. You can have your opinion, and you can take it all the way to hell with you. Or you can believe the Bible. And you can believe that what Jesus did was enough. And you can believe the gospel, which is found in 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, which tells us that Jesus died according to the Scriptures, that he was buried according to the Scriptures, and he rose according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel. That's what Paul called it. He said, that's my gospel. Amen. That's how I got saved. Listen, it was in 1975, November the 1st, and on my on my bed that night, before I went to sleep that night, Mama was in my bedroom, and she and she told me that I'd have to call on Jesus. She didn't say, well, here's a magic prayer that'll do it for you. I'm thankful, Mama. I'm thankful you didn't do that. And and, and I know I know there are plenty of people who prayed a prayer, and, and prayer is fine. There's nothing wrong with prayer. That's you voicing what's in your heart. But you can say, listen, I'm standing up here and quote four score and, uh, four score and seven years ago, uh, you know, uh, the, the Gettysburg Address, but that doesn't mean anything. I can say words. 
but they don't mean anything today. Listen, I, I, I'm, a lost man can sit there and say, you know, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please, please save me and wash me white as snow. But if they don't know what that means and they don't have any faith behind it, it don't do anything. Yeah. I, I, I worry about how many people maybe sat in, a, sat in a church service and when their friend got up and went to the front to get saved, they just went with them and went through the motions and didn't even know what they were doing. And, and they're relying on that to go to heaven. Or they're relying on some preacher who pressured them into saying a prayer. Let me tell you, the only way to get saved is by you understanding that you're a lost sinner, that you've sinned against a holy and righteous God, and understanding that God demands perfection. God demands that you be as clean and as white as snow to be able to stand in his presence. And understand that there's no way you'll ever be able to stand in his presence unless you are as clean and white as snow. And the only thing in this world that can wash those sins away, it's not baptistry water. No, no, no. And it sure can't be by the law because, listen, Christ... Christ nailed that law to his cross. It's done. That's over with. That Jew's religion is dead. It's over. Christ finished that. The only way that you can know for sure that you're going to heaven today is if you make sure that Christ lives in you. That's really all that matters. Does Christ live in you? You know if he does. You know if he lives in you. You know if he's come into your life. You know if he's washed you white as snow. And if you have not been washed clean from your sins, today today is the day. I wouldn't waste any time. Today I'd make sure. Today I'd get it settled. Listen, today is the day of salvation if you want it. And tomorrow might be the end for you. You don't know. Today might be the end. If you're not sure, if it's not settled in your heart, if I could talk you out of your salvation, you need to get saved. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your life. Don't risk going to hell for nobody. I remember hearing about a, a, a revival meeting one once, and all week long, the evangelist had preached and pleaded with people to come and get saved. And on the last night of the revival, the pastor's wife stepped out and came down toward the altar, and she looked at her husband as she went to the altar. She said, I'm not going to hell for you or anybody. She'd been afraid all those years to get saved because everybody thought she was saved. And finally, God got her under conviction. She said, I'm not going to hell for you or anybody. And she went through. She got saved. Praise God. Don't don't go to hell because you're afraid somebody might look at you funny. Because you'd be embarrassed. Listen, I'd get saved. I would. I would. I don't care what anybody thought. I'd come to Jesus and I'd get saved. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. They don't even understand what it can do for them. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God, and God today will save you, wash you white as snow if you'll come to him for salvation. Let's stand together. Sister, would you come? We're going to do number 10 here in just a few minutes. Number 10. This morning my prayer is if God's moved upon your soul this morning about something, I pray you come and do this with him. This altar right here would be just a fine spot to kneel down and pray. This one over here would be a good spot to kneel down and pray. That's why they're up here. Let's use them for what they're here for. Let's come and do business with God. If you're not able to kneel up here, you can, you can sit down right where you're at. Do business with the Lord today. Let's, let's not let the opportunity pass us by. Let's not let another another service pass us by and us go away from here to weather came. Father in heaven, Lord, I pray you work in hearts today. Holy Spirit of God, draw your people. Call us, Lord, into your fellowship to leave dispensing ideas of opinions and come and rally around the truth. Lord, to believe what you say in your word and walk in it. Lord God, I pray for anyone who's under conviction this morning. Lord, whether it's for salvation or maybe it's just to turn their life back over to you. 
They wrestle it out of your hands, and they can do it their way. Lord God, today be a good time to make things right. Lord, I pray you work in our service. Do a, do a work here that we can't do, but you do a work in us. And we'll thank you for it ahead of time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Number 10, we're going to say number 10. I have